0: Hey everyone, welcome to 11 Questions where each week we meet a new person and get to know them. This is your host Taman Tivana, and today we are meeting Shana Abraham, the author of the book Rise and also the creator of an online community called Rise Women. Let's find out more about her with 11 Questions. Hi Shana, welcome to 11 Questions. Hi Taman, thank you for having me. So I want to start by asking, where are you from?
1: So I'm actually from the suburbs of Chicago, so I live there with my family for most of the year, Um, but I'm actually in Durham, North Carolina right now for my last semester of undergraduate uh, school at Duke University.
0: And what's your favorite place to visit in Chicago?
1: I think that my favorite is probably the river walk, like, leading to the beach. We have, like, Lake Michigan, obviously, in Chicago, and I've just always loved kind of just, like, walking down, like, the main city and just seeing, like, everything. Like, the architecture is just beautiful in Chicago and having, like, the open lake, not the open ocean, but the lake is just really nice to, like, kind of have the best of both worlds.
0: What does a perfect weekend or a perfect Sunday look like for you? Wow, I have not had like a very like
1: relaxed weekend and so on. <laughs> so I would probably my ideal weekend just kind of like waking up, being able to like go to mass, which is unfortunately not something we can do a lot now. Um and just like spending the day like drinking chaya reading a book, like maybe in like warm weather. That's
0: like my perfect Sunday. It's just reading. <laughs> that sounds like my kind of Sunday. Right now we spend a lot of time indoors, not being able to do much of what we would like to do. So we are all binging on TV, I believe. So I want to ask what your favorite TV show is right now to watch.
1: I'm actually not a big TV person, but my friend got me into this show called Girlfriends, which was like from like the early 2000s. And it's just one of those like shows you can just kind of like watch and do work slash like it's entertaining enough to like keep your interest for a while. Um, But yeah, I just love the characters in that show. I think they're just really entertaining and they've like started to delve into some more serious subjects, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's like kind of what I'm currently binging right now when I'm procrastinating.
0: Interesting. Where is this? Netflix?
1: It is on Netflix, yeah. For oh, sure. I'll
0: check it out. I never saw it. But I like shows like that where I don't have to pay too much attention and I can do my work and there's like someone just talking in the background.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely serves as a nice kind of like break from the
0: silence, being home. I guess you already kind of answered the next question I had for you, which was if you were given a choice, between TV and books, what would you choose?
1: Yeah, books for sure. I've always been a reader <laughs> since I was a kid, so I feel like while well, like TV, you know, as an adult, I feel like I've started watching TV a lot more. I think it's mainly because I just don't have like access to books the way I did when I was younger. But every single time I go home on break, I literally like go to my library. It's like the first stop my family knows, and I come back with like a <laughs> stack of books, and they like are like, "Oh, like how many are you gonna finish this week?" Like twenty, and I'm like, "I can't read that fast anymore." But <laughs> Yes, books always have a special place in my heart. They just take me to like a different place, I think, than TV and don't hurt my eyes as much.
0: I think we are very similar in that. I go to libraries so often and like big stack of books, even if sometimes I cannot finish them, there's something about having those around me.
1: Right? Yeah, it's comforting. I know my mom would always like make fun of me. She's like, man, like you're really putting those librarians to work like ever since you were (laughs) a kid, like have like a stack of books as tall as you were and like handed to them to check out like every week you'd cycle through. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's a lost kind of pleasure that a lot of people don't really engage with anymore, but I'm hoping like post-graduation and when school's over, I'm like so excited to just start reading for like fun
0: again. And what are you studying? So I'm studying
1: actually a self-created major. So like the short answer is like global health, but it's actually a major I created myself. So It's called Culturally Specific Innovation to Reduce Health Disparities for Black and Brown Women. So it looks at cultural barriers to health. Um, It looks to acknowledge health disparities, see how they came about. And I specifically focus on African, African African-American, and Netine women um, for my major. And so it's been really nice to kind of see the roots of like why health disparities exist and how you can account for those disparities and challenges
0: when you're creating programming that supports women. I love that. I think more people need to do this. I wish. I know. It shouldn't be a self-created one. It should exist.
1: Exactly. I hope that in the future, more programs will look into doing those kinds of like, I guess, specializations as well for global health.
0: Yeah, for sure. We need that. So far in your life, what's that one thing that you're most proud of?
1: You know, I think a lot of people would say like, oh, it's like probably your book or like doing like going to like a good university. But I think one of the things I'm probably most proud of is just being able to reinvent maintain like really strong connections and like levels of trust with my friends, even though I'm usually very far away from them. It's like for me in the past few years of college, like I've always been like in another state, like on the coast, like so far. Um, And I've moved around a lot in the past few years. And one thing that I really hold, you know, very special is the fact that my friends will still call me when they are like struggling and trust me with what they're, you know, going through and like, you know, turn to me when they need somebody and they still feel that sense of like love And trust with me and that reliability, even if I'm not physically there with them. So I think that's honestly probably the thing I'm most proud of is being able to maintain those authentic connections and having people feel that love and trust both ways, even if we're not together.
0: What would you say is your biggest pet peeve? I think...
1: People wasting my time. It's like when I'm like getting ready to go somewhere and like someone's dragging to get ready or like get in the car or like being late. Oh my God. It's like it drives (laughs) me insane and it's so bad because I have like so many. People in my life that are just perpetually late and I don't know what it is. But I was just like, I'm a patient person. But when you're like saying we're going to go be somewhere at a certain time, I'm like we have got to be there. We cannot be just like. Exactly. Exactly. Thank
0: you for saying that. Because I <laughs> don't think I have ever been able to articulate it that well. But I hate it when people make me wait or, you know, are never on time. And it's a known thing in our community where they're like, oh, that's Indian standard time. Nobody's oh, God, there yeah, on time. I, I hate <laughs> it.
1: Oh, God. it's the worst. I know. And I feel like because like, we're all like, no, that's like the stereotype we like it's a self fulfilling prophecy where like, we're just like, oh, well, now I have to be late or like, yeah. the point early? no one else is going to be early. It's so
0: hard for me if somebody said, let's meet at five. Somehow everyone thinks let's meet at six. But I, even though I know people are not going to get there before six, I still feel so bad doing that. Like, I cannot make sense out of that.
1: I know. I feel like even now I like tell my friends like to come earlier because I know like to account like, <laughs> to an hour that they're going to be late. So now I'm just like, yeah, we'll meet at this time. And then like I'll get there like right as they're getting there, which is like an hour later. <laughs> well, I
0: remember back in college, I used to go for movies with friends and I figured that they're always going to be late. And I hated missing the first part of the movies. I want to be there on time. So like before it starts. I used to tell them wrong timings. I would book the tickets, tell them like 20 minutes before it's supposed to start so that I can enjoy my movie.
1: You know, what? you got to work with what you got and like accept people for who they are and just learn how to adapt your plans to,
0: like, <laughs> for both of you. Now, moving more seriously on like a bigger level of pet peeves. If there's one thing that you could remove from this world, what would that be? There's just so many, I think, that
1: comes to mind. But I think violence, especially gender-based violence or violence between like children and young people, um, older people. And I think in general, violence does not solve anything. It's usually a power dynamics issue. And just, it's always the people that would never deserve it. I mean, no one deserves violence, but it's always the most like vulnerable people that get hurt the most. And, you know, they often are in positions that they can't necessarily get out of those situations or even avoid it sometimes. So yeah, I think that's like one issue that really, I think, is close to me. So if it didn't exist in all
0: its forms, I think
1: the world would be a much
0: better place for sure. I agree. I especially need gender-based violence to go away. Yeah, it's really on it.
1: I think one thing, you know, studying in my field, I feel like a lot of the time I'm like constantly exposed to like these stories and like, I mean, even being a woman, too, you just hear things and you see things happen and experience things. And I think it's just one of those issues that you realize, like you don't realize how how pervasive it is until you start getting older and noticing things more. And people start telling you things and you just see things differently than you did when you were a kid. So I 100 percent agree. I wish that, especially with the issue of domestic violence in our own community and just so many other types of violence and communities everywhere it is something that i think needs to be more talked about and prioritized.
0: Yes. Moving to a slightly lighter topic now. This is one question i ask everyone who likes to read. If you were to be deserted on an island, which three books would you take with you?
1: i would probably say, okay, so my not, one of my favorite books of all time is The Alchemist. I think it's by um Paul Coelho. That book is just one of those things like I remember, like I didn't have to read it for school, but my sister did and she like was like oh my god it's just so boring whatever and I read it in college and I finished it so quickly and I think it's one of those books that you can read over and over at any age and it's just I don't know yeah it's just one of those things it's so profound in its simplicity and actually gives such concrete life advice in a way that you wouldn't expect because it's still a story so I love that book I would recommend it to anyone I'm religious. I'm Catholic. So I'd probably take a Bible because I'm going to be on a deserted island. I'm definitely going to need to be praying for someone to
0: save me.
1: (laughs) Um, So I'd probably do that one. Another book, I would say probably the book that I've been meaning to read for a really long time, which is The Arabian Nights. That's
0: a good one. I haven't read it in a long time. I think I read a few stories when I was a kid. But yeah, I need that book. Yeah, I've been just dying to get that
1: book and just read it. I've just been so excited because I love the story of Shahidazad. Like, I think she's just, it's such a unique story, especially in like for like the brown diaspora and like the culture of seeing like a young woman being able to use her intelligence to be able to like evade her fate and like almost kind of like trick somebody. Like, you don't see a lot of stories like that in our culture growing up and I just like love the idea that she used her words and like her mind and her wit to like really escape her fate and then it has like all those stories inter- woven to one big story so I think I'd at least be entertained for a while on a deserted island <laughs> having that with me
0: yeah you would need some fantasy if you're alone there <laughs> I, I
1: know yeah you need something to keep yourself entertained You like pray and read simple life
0: like <laughs> wisdom so much I like you mix this like reality with the grounding, but also escape in there. Right? You gotta have all your bases covered (laughs) when you're
1: on a deserted island. You never know what you're going to (laughs) need.
0: And in the end, if you were to pick one interesting life experience to share with us, what would you tell us?
1: You know, I don't think my life has had anything like crazy, you know, that I've experienced But I do think that something that was really formative for me was leaving home, like leaving everyone I really knew and coming to somewhere new. And that's something that happened in college. I moved. I transferred universities. And in my new university, which is Duke, I came and I literally knew pretty much no one. I knew like two people kind of on the periphery, but like I didn't see them a lot. And it was my first time being like so far away from like anyone and everyone I'd ever known. You know, in that it's like kind of lonely, but you realize how strong you are and how resilient you are. And you start learning how to question and analyze the ways that you were brought up, the way you see the world. You're forced to go meet other people and talk to them and like kind of learn from different perspectives. And I wish that more people would do that. I think a lot of people are really scared to leave their bubble and they kind of delay it as much as they can. Or they're afraid no one's going to embrace them on the other side if they leave or they're going to be lonely or they're not going to know what to do. But having that experience to leave home just made me realize that I was able to leave home and still be like, you know, happy and, you know, enjoy my life and hardworking and figure out my own values for myself, not just because other people told me to have them. I think that experience, is something I never thought I would get it in North Carolina, to be <laughs> honest, but it was where I got it. And I think it's definitely set me up for that sense of at least like self reliance for the rest of my future.
0: Yeah, definitely. It makes you more independent, self-reliant. And I feel like it's a necessary step that everyone should take. I think it's so important and in some ways it also brings you closer to the people you are going away from.
1: I agree. I feel like I didn't have the same level of appreciation as I did when I first left home as I do now. Like now I'm like I actually want to call my mom and my like family at home every week. I used to be like go weeks without like calling them or texting them. But as I get older and, you know, time gets busier and, you know, things just keep happening, you realize like how much you really care and want to be present for those people and make time for them and appreciate them for all the things they do do, even if you don't necessarily recognize it when you're with them. So
0: I 100% agree. I think it brings you closer if you let it. Thank you, Shana, so much for answering all my questions. Of course. Thank you for asking me. It's is fun. So now I want to talk a little bit about your book and everything else that you do. Because I saw a lot of things when I was looking you up. (laughs) So you've written a book called Rise, which is about empowering women. So tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so Rise is my first book that I ever published. I published it this past August and it feels a little bit surreal that it's still there. I like have it in front of me literally and I like look at it every day and I'm still just like, (laughs) it's crazy to have my own book, especially as someone who's a reader like me and dreamed of having, you know, writing a book like my entire life. You know, Rise is something that was kind of almost my attempt to try and produce something that was like a toolkit for young women across the world. I think, especially for young women of color, I'd never seen like a kind of guide on like how to navigate the experiences I was going through. And I acknowledge that I'm in a relatively privileged position. I will never not say that. But as a woman and as a woman of color, you're going to go through challenges in life. And there's just things that you don't realize are like a bigger systemic issue that is actually like, it's not just you that's going through things. It's not just you that's struggling. And so Rise is my way of not just introducing a lot of more people to the idea that women's empowerment elevates everyone. It's not just women that benefit, but entire communities, but also actionable strategies on, you know, how do we empower women? What does that look like in different facets? You know, what are the core principles of change makers? What does it mean to like what kind of traits should you try and help cultivate in our next generation of women leaders? Why do certain women hesitate to make change or become leaders or go after the things they want, right? And what are the barriers? Because some people don't, they're like, oh, like, well, if she's, you know, has the resources, like if she wanted to do it, she would. That's not the case for most women. There's so many barriers at every step of the way. And, you know, the intersections of your identity, depending on your woman, you're you're a brown or black woman, if you are a low income woman, you know, if you're an immigrant or citizen of a certain country, you know, there's just so many layers that impact your ability to live your life the way you want to. So Rise is just a book that kind of, you know, demystifies women's empowerment a little bit. It goes through like the stories of women from across the world that are advocating for many different things or just normal women that are living their life It weaves in some of my own story and just my own experiences growing as a young woman and finding my place in the world and offers like actionable strategies, people to look up to organizations to, you know, follow and support to try and mobilize our support networks to support young women and women in general so that we can all thrive and everyone can, you know, work towards that world where women are safe and valued and appreciated and getting the chances and opportunities
0: that they deserve. That's amazing. I think we definitely need that. We are in dire need of that. I'm tired of people saying things like, oh, if you really wanted, you would get it without having an understanding of the barriers of privilege. Yeah, it's so easy
1: to just say something from the outside, but when you're the person actually living it, you realize how difficult it is. And I don't think when I was younger, like I, of course, also had my own struggles and I still looked at other people and I was like, well, why don't they just do X, Y, Z and they could be successful, right? But that's a really toxic mentality to have to just assume that everyone has this, you know, step-by-step layout and all they have to do is just walk it, right? They have so yeah. many other constantly changing. So I agree. I do think it's a vital, you know, topic to discuss. I think it's something that needs to be on top of agenda. So I'm glad that it was published at the time it was, because I think a lot of people are starting to realize that more and more.
0: Yeah. And I also noticed that you started a community. Yeah, so Rise Woman is
1: the community oriented Instagram page and platform that I just started a few weeks ago, which is really exciting. And so basically with Rise, you know, it's not an international bestseller, it's not anything crazy. But the people who have read and learned about Rise have been so passionate about what it stands for and have been really, you know, positively open and accepting and receptive to it. So they were all saying, you know, they would read this book or, you know, read about What it was about. And I'm like, man, like, this is so interesting. This is so cool. I've just been waiting for someone to start talking about this in our communities. You know, like, how do I kind of move forward? And, you know, you're right. Like a book is a static, you know, thing you can rise was meant to take action. It was meant to be a call to action, but some people need a little bit more guidance on where to start. And so I thought one of the best ways to do that would be to be forming a community and having people meet each other and meet other people that were like minded. And continue the work that RISE started. So continuing to research things so that are affecting different women to explore more intersections of identities of women that I couldn't cover in RISE to create a space, like you mentioned, safe spaces for us to have real conversations about things that are impacting us and strategizing together. You know, what can we do as a community? What can you do? Bringing in experts from different places. And sharing just more stories of women, because that's what people want to see. They want to see more women that are you know, well-known and also maybe not as well-known that are making changes in their communities and changes in their own lives. And so Rise Women Page is like a living, breathing community. We've had great you know, feedback so far on the first workshop we held about creating and holding space and boundary setting. And we've just had so many people come to us with so many ideas for content that they want to see. It's like almost hard to accommodate everything else. <laughs> But I think, you know, there's a lot of heart in there. There's a lot of interest and there's a lot of people that really strongly believe in Rise and its message and they want to be a part of that movement. So that's what's really exciting about Rise Women is that this is a chance for people to meet more people and feel a sense of community, especially, which is something I think we especially need in times like our COVID, you know, era that we're living in right now when it's harder to meet those people and really feel that, you know, sense of
0: openness and warmth and, you know, acceptance from other people. I think that's an amazing idea. You just did not write a book and leave it there. You are taking it forward. So I really applaud you for that.
1: Thank you, Dama. That means
0: a lot. And now if our listeners, they want to get your book or they want to be a part of your community, how can they do that? So Rise is available. The book is available on a lot of different platforms. It's on
1: Amazon. Um, It's in physical and ebook format. So depending on whatever you prefer. And it's also on Barnes and Noble as well. I think it's also on Walmart, if I'm not mistaken, um, and potentially other places. I think some third-party sellers have started selling it. So if you have access to a computer, you can definitely find it anywhere online. And Rise Women, which is my community, it will be it's at Rise W O M X N to be more inclusive. So you can just find us on Instagram. We'll be there. I'm also on Instagram if you want to reach out at Shauna.abraham. So we hope you come join our community. It's really growing. It's really exciting. There's a lot of
0: exciting things planned. And I hope that you enjoy the book if you choose to check it out. Thank you again, Shanna, for being a guest on our podcast today. It was so great talking to you.
1: Thank you, Naman. I really
0: enjoyed talking to you as well. Listeners, do check out Shanna's community, Rise Women, and her book as well. And I'll meet you here again next week with a new guest. Thank you for listening to our conversation today. Hope you enjoyed getting to know our guest as much as I did. You can also watch a video version of this conversation on 11Questions YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening. And if you like this episode, please leave a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at 11 Pod for more videos and updates. And I'll be back next week with a new guest. Bye!